Welcome to Wheels, Deals, and Meals, where we talk all things good food, good business, and good cars. And now, here is your host, Arnold Gasita, founder and CEO of Petra Automotive Products. Let's roll. Well, today's a great special episode. I have Greg May with me, who is not only a friend, but when I started Petra, he was one of my first customers, has been one of the most loyalist customers, biggest fans, uh, biggest fan. I, I could not, I, I probably, we, we couldn't be here, I think, without his his boost of us when we first started Petra. And he's been a great great customer and great friends ever since. He's doing a lot more now than just uh, the dealership world. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But Greg, thank you for being on, man. I'm doing it. Appreciate it. Appreciate Glad it. I, thanks for having me. And I'm excited that we're at your bar, Z's at- At the Curry. At the Curry in downtown Waco, mm -hmm. um, which Waco's hot now. Everybody wants to come to Waco, right? It is hot. <laughs> Not just in temperature, but visitors. It, it, it's crazy to know that Waco actually landed in the number two spot for tourism last year. Yeah, listen. Who, who would have thought, behind Hawaii. <laughs> I had our distributors from Costa Rica come visit us in Houston, came to Petra, and they wanted to come to Waco. It's amazing. From Costa Rica. And I'm like, okay, you know, I've had friends from Miami that have come to Waco to go uh, horseback riding. Wow. I, I mean, it's just, it's really become this very touristy town. Uh, by the way, this bar is beautiful. Thank you. Well, it's all to my wife, it is her bar. Okay. And she did a incredible job of, of taking this, this uh, building built in the 1920s. And uh, we, we actually bought this building to put our daughter in business downstairs in a, in a boutique, a dress boutique. And she goes, what are we gonna do upstairs? We can't pay for this building selling women's clothes. And <laughs> we decided that Waco didn't have an upscale lounge. So it's a, it's a upscale cocktail lounge, quiet, no TVs. And she did the Tiffany chandeliers, the nice quiet atmosphere. And of course the, the claim to fame is the 110 year old bar behind us. I'll tell you what, it's a beautiful bar. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it, but the mm -hmm. place is absolutely beautiful. I just, now that you mention it, I just realized there's no TVs here. There are no TVs in she, the place. She is big on communication, so she says, talk bring, bring your wife, <laughs> come have a drink, and uh, talk to you. She can give talk. those marital classes about communication, That's right? right? You exactly. got to talk to me. That's right. Because she had the, the worst client, right? Because, because of me, right? I think, so. I think we're all the worst clients. That's it. But I, that's why I get it. I, said, you know, I, can, I, can, I can hear my wife uh -huh. say those, those words. And we obviously turned the music down a little bit, but just to give the ambiance of the place, Rat Pack kind of music. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra playing all the time and it's very quiet in the background and this this is a place where you know right after work it's a great place to gather and just wind down and then at night it's a great place to bring your friends and have conversations you can actually talk to each other and hear what's being said even for those of us that are hard here and, <laughs> <laughs> and even and even you know is it just do you do you have food here as well or is it just drinks so we do light bites as well we okay. it, cheese trays uh flatbreads uh some uh, items like um cheese curds and um things like that we've uh we've actually got she's got some great uh versions of uh egg rolls that she makes and it's always kind of changing just little light bites yeah, just to keep good, good snack food to go with the drinks that's right because you yeah. want a little something while you're having that's right while you're that's having because right. you know sometimes you go to the, one of these 
to a bar like this, you know, after work or after dinner. Yes. Right? Because you just want to you have some conversation beforehand or afterhand. And, and so you already ate or you're going to go eat snacks, a few drinks. It's perfect. The ambiance is perfect. It, it, is, uh, it is a jewel in downtown Waco. It is. For I, sure. I, I agree 100%. So, Greg, what's your favorite car ever? You, this is the car, your dream car, or you got it, or you want it. Favorite car of all time ever. Okay, so you're asking me that, and it's so funny because I've had, of course, now my wife's favorite car she does own. It's a 1966 Mustang. And that was her car of choice. Nice. And since she's got good taste, she's got good, she's got great. I don't taste. know what happened with you. I know. I don't, you know <laughs> I'm, I'm the only problem there. But uh, here lately, I don't own this car, but but I am clamoring looking at uh, these 1959 uh, Corvettes. Okay. The old body yeah, yeah, style, the old style. The old style, 58, 59, 60, just beautiful. Just they are just the classic, gorgeous. The I mean, classic. It's, you know, we look at these cars that we've sold that you know I've done 32 years now, and and we look at everything that we sell today, and I'm like, why did we do it so much better 50, 60 years ago? And now we're just we're, it, they don't have that classic it's, it's, look. It's so true. You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about that the other day I was on the road. I saw a 1972. Chevrolet pickup truck, right? And this is not 50s or 60s, it's been 72. Right. Probably the last era of those type of trucks. That's where I learned how to drive stick shift. My dad had a 1972 Chevy pickup truck, you know, up here. Right, three um, on the tree. That's I, right, I, that's I, exactly right. And so, and so that's where I learned it. And I just, it made me reminisce about my first car, 1978 Ford Mustang, Cobra Mustang. Awesome. You know, and all the muscles cars in the past and the way we designed and as I've done this podcast, people talk about their, their cars. The cars in the past were a, a work of art. And I know there are beautiful cars now, but it's not the same. Mm. I don't know if it's because we're getting older, but it's not the same. There's, there's, a, there's a beauty, there's a sexiness to those cars. It's just, it's a piece of art. Isn't it funny? It took us getting older to appreciate the cars from the time that we that grew we had, up. That we touched. That's right. That we grew up, yeah. and everybody let them go, and now they all want them back. I, I, if I could find a 78 Cobra Mustang, I'm in. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's true, but there's something about it. And again, I, I don't want to sit here and sound like my dad, you know, but there's something about those cars um, that were just, that was magical, I think. It, they're beautiful. It was really they're good, just good there. They, they look so good. Just, did. I did. want one now. So that's funny you asked me that because it's been on my radar. <laughs> all right, of all the places you've traveled, what's your favorite? Israel. Israel. What was magical about Israel? You know, you you get there. You you have a big expectation as you go because you know that that you're going to see all these things that you've heard about, right? But being in the place where the Bible actually comes to life. It, uh, I, I've, Everything they taught you in, in Sunday school. That's right. <laughs> but you know, it's amazing how much more it means to you and how much more you get from the experience of being there than you do just sitting here in the States and, and listening to your preachers on Sunday morning or listening to the message. You take that, you go there, and then you go, wow, this is where it was. There were so many moments in Israel, the Sea of Galilee, the... Mount of Olives, the 
the garden tomb, the, I mean, just, you could name all this, you would just get there and go, wow. I mean, every moment was, wow, I cannot believe that, you know, I'm here, Jesus, this is where Jesus walked, this is where, this is where the Bible's told us about all these great stories. Uh, it's a fabulous place, and I can't wait to go back. Once is not enough, and I can't imagine four or five times is enough either, so I'm, I'm definitely going back. I, I agree. I think every time you go back, uh, it's, uh, it's, something, it's something special. I've, I've had the privilege of being there one time, and I agree with you. I think that anybody, you know, in, in, for those that follow the Christian faith, that's like, that's like... It's the bucket list. I mean, I mean I, that is the bucket list where you want to go and all this stuff that you've read about and heard about all your life, you know, kind of kind of comes to reality to a certain point or, or kind of pieces start falling together. You know, my pastor's doing a tour now on the steps of Paul. So he's done Israel for a long time, still does it, but he's doing one where they're following the, the, the traces of Paul. That's gonna be pretty interesting. I'm not, I'm not gonna to get to go this time, but that'll be an interesting trip. Well, so that's funny that you say that because you know we, we went to Israel with our friends, Kevin and Sam Sorbo, and after going, w w having conversation, we're going to do this, the, the Paul. The Paul, that's yeah. right. So Maybe the, the Paul thing and, is the new thing. That and, <laughs> and we've already decided we're going. We're going next year, yeah. and we're planning it. And you it'll know, be it'll be great. It'll I'm, be I'm great. excited. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I'm not going this time, but I'm definitely going to try to get to get on the list. Uh, his list gets a uh, uh, full pretty quick, so hopefully I'll, I'll I'll get on the next one. Um, so have you always lived in Waco? No. I where is Greg May from? Uh, Greg May is from Texarkana, Texas. Okay. That is where I was born and stayed. The, the border of Arkansas That's and right. Texas. We, the state line runs straight down. And, and uh, fortunately, I was on the Texas side. <laughs> 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 yeah. Nothing against the Razorbacks. Right, right. Um, we, uh, we loved our hometown. Uh, uh, lots of friends, lots of memories. And, uh, of course, that's where my car career started. So... Um, it was a it was a great place, but we've been now in Waco since uh, 1995. So, uh, so what brought you to Waco? The dealership. The dealership brought me to Waco. Yes. So, um, I started selling cars in Texarkana for Keith Orr in 1991, and in uh, the middle of uh, 1995, he came to me and said, "Hey, I've I've, I've got this, I've got this idea. I've, I've bought this store in Waco, and I want." I want to sell you part of it and be partners and let's try this and see how it works. I think there were 40 something stores after that. Yeah. <laughs> that he did yeah. that. So 40 plus I, for sure. I, I get the, I, I get to be, I get to say I was first and, and, uh, made sure, made sure. That so, you know, I didn't know you were first. That's interesting. That's a great story. Yes. The fact that you were the first partner, uh, to somebody like Keith Thor, who has helped so many people. Tremendous. Just everything that, I, I, of course, I worked for him for four years in the Texarkana store, and to have the opportunity to do that—I mean, it's a—it's an opportunity of a lifetime that people just don't understand. I know a lot of that goes on now more than it did, but we're talking 28 years ago. That was—it was kind of unheard of back then. It was a—yeah, it, it was, was new. It was very new. I mean, you and I have literally been in the business. I started this business May 32 years ago. When did you start? May of '91. 32 years ago. <laughs> there we go. All right. No wonder we got along. <laughs> it, uh, it afforded me and my family opportunities that I would never have had. And uh, I love the car business. It's been crazy. I've, I've uh, bought more stores and sold more stores. But uh, here we sit 
in uh, Waco, and the, the Honda store will always be your my, my favorite and my best ride. It's, it's 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 my it's my one that uh, I can't I can't seem to get away from. It's it's always going to be around. Well, that's your baby. So you you have Greg May Honda and Greg May Honda. Yes. Um, both here in Waco, been here forever. Everybody knows you in town. I mean, it's if you're going to you know, buy a Honda, this is where you go. And people come from outside of Waco because your numbers don't just reflect Waco. So people are coming from outside of Waco to buy cars from you. Yes, and, and uh, since COVID, we've kind of changed our strategy even more than we did. And it has been remarkable, the number of places outside of Waco, states, East Coast, West Coast, Chicago, New York. We're we're we run a shuttle to the airport in Little Waco, picking people up to buy their cars now. No kidding. Oh, absolutely. It is it is rocketed our uh, our. You know, right now Honda's still, you know, Honda's still tough on their inventory. We sell everything we get and can never get enough. And everybody's going to say that. It's a great brand, and everybody right. knows it and loves it. It's reliable. So you know, we had to change our strategy, and so we decided, look, we're going to get, we're really going to get in the used car business, and our used car numbers have, have doubled, almost tripled, and continue to go that way every month. Where we spend, you know, my my GM spends three days a week in an office with a huge computer doing nothing but sourcing cars and he it's funny he gets a little frustrated because he's like i'm sourcing all these cars and as soon as they get here they sell and i go isn't that the isn't that what we're doing that's right right. (laughs) we want done so uh it's working well it's like you say man we're selling too much alcohol i know it's never (laughs) enough we got more that's right they're they're making plenty so right so what was your first position at in texarkana when you started working so your first entry into the dealership world was with keith uh-huh. Or, yes. uh, um, or Honda. Or Honda. Mm-hmm. So what was your first position? What sales, was, salesperson. Salesman. Sales guy. Sales. How long did you do that for? Six months. Then? F&I. F&I. God. Everybody has to pay the F&I price and dues. Long hours, closing the deal. I tell that there's one job I would never want in a dealership. I can say this every day. I'm, when I did my F&I, I told Keith... I was six, seven months into finance, and I was like, what do I got to do to get out of here? And he goes, 365 days. And on day 365, I was knocking on his door, go, okay, I've done my time. I, I paid my dues. Can I, and I moved up into the sales manager position, but he was like, you got you to gotta go. I tell, I've spent all these years telling the same right thing. thing, right? Yes, absolutely. You yeah. got to, the formula that he had for success worked. I've done the same thing because that's how he taught me. I tell everybody the same thing, including my son who's coming up in the business now. I'm like, you're gonna have to go in that office and do that job eventually, because that's the late, the late hours. That's, it. The, it's, it's, yeah. that's the job. I know nobody wants it. It's the toughest one. I admire a great F and I manager. I, they I are. Do. It's a tough one. It's it is. It's the toughest and it's job. An important one. one. Yes, absolutely. It's absolutely. an important one. So. Okay, so six months as salesman, then a year as F and I, and then you become a sales manager. Uh huh. Okay. Follow back on. in the day, he was the he was the GM because back in the day, dealers were still uh, a GM. So I was a sales manager for about a year and a half, and then I got the title of being the GSM, and I was, did that for about a year. So that would be so May of '91 to May of '95, and then in June of '95 is when he offered you the partnership. Offered me the partnership. So you paid your dues for four years. Yes. Different positions. He offers you this opportunity. Did you think about it twice? I thought about it three times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a pretty funny story. We kind of laugh at it now because I told him I said uh, 
uh, I did, I turned it down twice because I was like, I'm, I'm here in the city. I just bought a brand, I just built a brand new house. My You're son making was, money, you got yeah, that blanket. Life is good. We just set a, we just set an all time record at the store. At my, my son is, is at the time only nine months old, somewhere in that neighborhood, eight, seven, eight months old. And uh, I'm like, I'm gonna pick up my family and move. And of course, the first thing you do is, is how was that financial statement? Oh, it was ugly. So how am I gonna make that work? Mm -hmm. So I did, I turned, I, I, talked to, I talked to Suzanne, my wife, and of course she's the accountant in the family. And of course, you get an accountant in front of a of an ugly balance sheet. It's a hard conversation, yeah. Especially with it's a her, hard sell. yeah, because she's the smartest one in the family okay. here. You know, okay. I just kind of ride along. And uh, anyway, we, I turned, I did turn it down twice. It's and, and uh, but we made our way to the, we made our way to where it made sense. And and, uh, and you you made it rock. I mean, I don't know how long it took from day one to the dealer that I knew when I came on. Uh, to sell you in 2010, right? But you were you were rocking, I'm, and you're still rocking. We we. How we long did fortunate. it take you f to get that store turned around? I'm gonna say that um, you know right off the bat we got the store profitable, but it was in a very small, old like like a lot of Honda stores in an old Volkswagen Type Two Volkswagen building. The car guys will know what that is, and um, so I didn't I only had room for 20 Hondas and you know, 30 used cars, so there was no real room. So I would say that we did a we did a great job of, of, of getting it profitable and making good money for where it was until we got our new store built in 2000. And as soon as we moved, it took off. The rest is history. Sales doubled immediately. We had the room that we needed. We got the cars that we needed. And we were in a convenient location. I mean, everything changed and, uh, and, and as always, I'll always say this too, along the way in my 28 years here, uh, my employees have made a huge difference in how we are perceived in this town and the business that we do because we have some incredibly long-term employees that have worked for me in upwards of 20 years, 21, 22. My salespeople, I have, I have multiple salespeople that have been with me 15, almost 20 years. Which is really unheard of. In the Especially business. in the car business. Absolutely. But that's a culture that you're building. So if we talk about the culture of your dealerships, what, what, what is a simple way to talk about your culture? What, what makes people stick around in, in, the, in the Greg May dealers? You know, I want to think that, uh, you know, I was, uh, for the longest up until here now, which is great, I don't have to go around a whole lot anymore, but I was always there, door always open, and always kind of in the middle of the fray with everyone. But I wanted everyone to be successful. I wanted to make sure they had what they needed. And I think important in the car business, in any business, is pay your people well and pay them fairly. And don't, don't change all the time. Give them, give them a goal and give them a pay plan that will make them a great living. And in turn, you will make a great living. And sure. that's been, that has absolutely been one of the biggest things that I can say is my people don't jump from dealership to dealership because someone's offering more money or offering a better pay plan. We stay because I want you to make, I, I want you to, I want you to thrive. I want your family to do well. I want you to, to enjoy coming to work. And so we've been able to foster an environment of, 
of everybody's it, it it's a it's a friends family everybody it gets along well but we want everybody to be successful i want everybody and i just think that that success breeds success and in our 28 years we have proven it with the culture and the the term of our employees and our dealerships it's 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 absolutely uh, I, I think it's mind-blowing that I have so many that I walk in and I have so many people that have been there for so long. We just have very minimal turnover. It's, yeah, I think it has I, a lot I, to do with that firsthand. Yeah, so I think it has a lot to do with how we pay our people and how we take care of them. Well, it's working. Well, thanks. So keep, keep, keep doing it. You know, really more dealers need to, to hear that because, I, you know, you were talking about Keith Orr and I've heard him say many things, but I remember him talking about some of his partners that were able at one point to buy certain things. And he was so happy that they were able and had achieved a level to buy certain things because he was part of that success. Absolutely. It wasn't a jealousy thing or, oh my God, that guy's making too much money. It was, that's fantastic, that's great. That means we're doing the right thing. I'm so happy for that person, which is basically what you're saying at this level, right? Absolutely. I want this guy to make it. I want him to live comfortably. I want him to have all that he can have. I want him to be successful. Success breeds success. You, you hate the horror stories that you read sometimes and you hear sometimes about people being frustrated with, well, I, uh, you know, they gave me this pay plan and I hit it and then they're like, oh, no, my, 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 my no, God, change your pay plan. Money. Yeah, <laughs> you're making too much money. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. No, no, no. My people do not, if my people are making a lot of money, which I want them to, and they do, and they do wonderful, that means in turn that my family is going right. to do That's well right. because they, I sat down and figured it out. And it what was are, my, and what are the, I mean, and I hear that unfortunately in the automotive industry so many times, people will say, yeah, we gave a pay plan and he knocked it out of the parks. So we got to redo this pay plan, right? What a discouragement to go to your top salesperson, man, you did great. You knocked it out of the park. You got a fat check here. Let me rewrite your pay plan. <laughs> that makes no sense. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, so you're, you're, you're right on that. It's a, it's a great. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're not that way, and I'm glad your culture is different, but it, it shows in the store. Not only in the sales side, but in the service side. Obviously, I'm more in tune with the service side, but very, very, I think it's changing. More more general manager partners now are getting involved in the service side, but for so long, most partners, owners, came from the variable side and didn't know much about service. They would hire the people to take care of service, as long as we're making money, we're good, you know. But you were one that 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 got them both. That's that's because Keith was uh, he encouraged me to learn service in the beginning, and so it was funny as a early on in my dealer life as as a dealer when I got here, I really got a lot more interested in in fixed operations because number crunching, right? I love to crunch numbers and. You were trying to figure out how to how to how to make this better, how to make this tick a little better, how to make this work better. How do you get your you know you, your hours per hour, your effective labor rate? These things that 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 people don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about effective labor rate. I don't understand it. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to talk about CPRO. I'm, I'm, it's all about fast oil changes. No, it's not. So don't. Uh, I guess it's don't run away from what scares you or what you don't understand. It's run to it figure it out. I'd say one of the other things that, that made our service department here successful is, and you're right, is most GMs, most partners, most dealers don't spend their time 
being accessible to their customers. I did probably to a fault, but I was always accessible to my customers. So if, if a customer called and said, hey, I want to talk to Greg May, then you, you got there. Well, I've, I've often told people about your setup at your store, right? So your office is basically in the middle of the store with glass walls. Yes. So they see you, you see them. That's right. So That's customers, a, they call it have, fishbowl. Fishbowl. The customers have easy access to you. You know, if they're walking from, if they're going to the restrooms, they see you. If they're going from your sales department to, to, to uh, service, they see you. Um, if they come in the front door or they come in the service door, you know, your, your office, glass walls, is right there. People often ask me, they say, well, you're crazy. In fact, Honda did not want me to put it there. Honda had it stuck, like most dealerships, in, in the, the corner. In the back, hard to get to. Yeah, because he's never Nobody there. Find you. <laughs> that guy's never there. No, 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 I'm there. And I want my customers to see me, and I want my customers to come in there, because guess what? If you can't, if, if you're afraid of your customer, then you're in the wrong position. For sure. It's a people business. That's it. You, you've got you to be able to take the heat, as well as the compliments, right? Right. So, uh, if they if they want to talk to you, then who else in the in the dealership better to fix a problem than the dealer? Yeah, and that's that's why I think you're also so well done. I mean, great product, obviously Honda. Your culture is great. Fixed up is great. You've been here for a long time, um, but I think that mentality also is why you're also very well liked and known in the industry. You know, sometimes people can come in and you're going to sell and change that name pretty quick. That name has been on there for a long time. It has. It has been on there you a know? long time. And that means something. That means that people like you. That means that they respect you. That means that they trust you. So that that's part of that culture that you're building of, I'm here, you want to talk to me, you can talk to me. You want to call me, you can call me. Right? We all live in the same community. I'm, I'm not just selling you one car. I'm going to sell you another car in three years or four or five and your daughters and your kids and your neighbors. That's that's what's made you you know, who you are. And that I think it's all part of that culture. The great with, with obviously your team, right? Yes, and the great part about it is, is that uh, between the team and the time, so you know, 28 years now, we've we've been the Honda dealer in Waco, and and I've got multiple employees, you know, in that 15 to 20 year category. So customers aren't used to going to a car dealership and buying cars from the same salesperson for 15 and 20 years. That's true. That makes a huge difference, right? It's true. Huge, huge, absolutely huge. But um, it's just, it's great that the, the other part is, is that I love that my, my employees have done such a good job with our customers and taking care of them. As you, you know, I taught them, here's how I would handle this, right? And then I left it alone and let them, and they do a great job of handling it that, so much so that I hardly ever get to talk to a customer about a problem anymore because my employees have learned how to tell my customers, trust my employees. Well, which is another lesson for dealers that are listening, right? You hire people, uh, you usually pay good money for these people, you train them, let them do the job. That's right. Get out of their way. Get out of the way. I it, mean, so I, I know we're all type A personalities, but listen, get out of the way. I want my people to be way more successful than I was in those positions. Yeah. I want to, when, when people say, man, you're killing it. No, I'm not killing it. They're killing it. They're, they're, they're knocking it out of the park. And, you know, hey, I, okay, so I had a little bit to do with the training. That's good. But they, they have come in and done things that, that I that's didn't That's what you do. want, right? You want the student to right. outdo the teacher. That's right. Absolutely.
Yeah. So you want to hire people that are smarter than you are. That's right. That's right. It makes life easier. Yes, it does. And then let them do it. That's right. Because again, so many times dealers will hire somebody that are that, that they are smarter, but they want to get involved. They keep coming in, right? And not letting those people do what you hired them to do. That's right. They're you know? on the they're on the front and, and, they're on the front line every day. <laughs> right. Let them fight the battle. That's let, right. That's let, right. Let, they can win the war. If you let them fight the battle, they'll win the if, war. If you could pick three things that got you to where you're at today in your in your personal life, in your business life, just if you look back and go, man, these these are three like pillars that made me who I am and got me here. What would those be? So first would be my wife. She's the one that made me get in the car business. Okay. That that well, fun, that's good. That funny that funny, <laughs> <laughs> that funny story was I graduated from college, couldn't find a job, was substitute teaching. She comes home one day and says. There's a job in the paper selling cars. Why don't you? Oh, no, absolutely not. I don't want to sell cars. I sure don't want to tell your dad I'm selling cars. She goes, currently you're substitute teaching. So the next day I went, you know, got hired, got the job. I, I, I get that reminder, that seller reminder. <laughs> she got you. To, that's a great story. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. She, it was her. And, and along the way, obviously, it, it, I always tell everybody, I always have. She's way smarter than I am. So... To have her sounding board, to have, you know, to have her kind of pushing and being back there. And she's always been very uh, supportive and, and uh, you know, you want to you want to do well for your spouse. So she was she was the number one reason that uh, I sit in this chair talking to you today. All right. Pillar number one. That's it. Uh, number two is uh, would be Keith. Uh, the opportunities that he gave me and the lessons that he taught me in the car business the things that I learned from watching him and the fact that he gave me 10 miles of rope. I mean, more rope than any you could ever imagine someone, you know, just here's your store, see it if you do well. But always kind of checking, always kind of, but it peeled off all that knowledge I could and grabbed everything. And it, 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 a lot of people say, you know, you're just a carbon copy of him. That's a compliment. It is, it is. Yeah, and he's and he's really so humble in the background, right? Oh, yeah. Just a country guy. Absolutely. I, I, it's funny because I called him and I said, hey, I want to do a podcast with you. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to pass. You know, I mean, it's, that's Keith, right? That's right. I mean, I, I threw it out there to see what was going to happen. But I knew that that answer was probably not going to be, you know, um, a yes. But anyway, um, so that's great. How do you think our, our business, obviously, in 32 years has evolved? Mm -hmm. Some may be good. You know, like I'll say that that 2020, the pandemic taught you and many people how to do online, expand your network out of just people walking into your dealership, selling cars outside your your you know don't network necessarily. But but what do you think has changed to the good, and what do you think's changed to the bad? Ooh, tough question. My first thing off that I would say has changed to the bad is how the factories are handling inventory. I'm just not a great, I'm not a, so here we go, I'm not a big fan of the, of the factory and how they, um, I think they've taken such a chokehold on what cars we have and they've forgotten who was there for them before the pandemic. You know, now we were selling cars in spite of ourselves. We can say that, right? right? 
We, we were selling cars. You had cars. You were selling. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, there's no <laughs> if more. If you couldn't sell cars, this is not your business. <laughs> That's right. But to see how some of these factories handled, well, you know, we've got these cars, but if you're not going to do this and you're not going to do this, or yeah. you're going to have to lower yours and somebody else is going to get it if they do that. Yeah. Man, that that to me is a dealer. That's a, that just rubs me the wrong way. And people that know me, they're watching this, or you're going to be laughing in the background, <laughs> going, "Don't we know?" But I just don't take a situation and forget your dealers that have always been there, that have, that have worked hard, that have built up great businesses. That when that when it wasn't like this, they were always there and always participating in everything and always grinding what they could and taking every car they could to help you out. Remember those phone calls? Yeah. I know all the dealers remember those phone calls. Yeah. Oh, you know, I got these, I got these ten base model stick shifts <laughs> out here. Can you please take fire? I really need some help. You know, yeah. they forgot all of that. Yeah. So I think I think that right there was a, a big downer for me. Uh, the most positive thing, obviously, was uh, two things. We learned expense control even better than we did in '08 and '13. But then, like you said, we learned that our market is not just our map, our market mm -hmm. area, right? Your zip code. That's it. Uh, this is not our market area. Our market area is the 48 states yeah. contingent right here. That's yeah. it. If I could ship them to Hawaii and Alaska, I probably yeah. would. But our our market is, is as far as the internet will go. Well, that's a long way. It's a long way, right? It's a long way, right? Yeah. So I think that's what it taught us. Is that we, we didn't. And you think. know what's funny is it was there. Yes, we just didn't. We were like, we're, we're but we cruising. Just weren't, we weren't forced to it. Oh man, we're <laughs> cruising along. We think we're doing fine. We think that things are good. I don't. I don't have to push that hard on that. Yeah. I don't. But boy, when you when you get put in a spot like we all got put in, right? You had a choice to make. Do I stay where I'm at, or do I jump on the bandwagon and figure out how to get to the next level? the way that the other people have done uh, in the past. And, and and no doubt, there were a lot of dealers out there that had already done a really great job. And I was one of those guys who was just kind of hanging down here, enjoying selling a lot of new cars and selling a few used cars. And now it's completely opposite and our our path is, is crazy. I, I, if you would have told me 10 years ago, I'd be sitting there talking to you about the path we've taken on used cars, I'd have gone, no. I know. No. I think before 2020, there's a lot of people who would have said, no, that'll never happen. No. Now it's like, yeah, I guess, you know. <laughs> now when people come up and go, what do you think about this? I go, look, after 2020, anything can happen. Right? right. Sure. It sounds like a great idea. It might happen, you know. Right. All right. So talk to us about this bourbon. So when, uh, when we opened Z's, we found the Garrison Brothers. Garrison Brothers is a Texas-made bourbon. I know everybody says Kentucky. Kentucky, Kentucky. Kentucky it's not Kentucky. bourbon if it's not Kentucky. That's it. Okay. <laughs> I have some friends watching this and are already going, oh, my God, they're right. going to go there. Oh, and they're going to go, oh, Greg May, he needs to stick the cars. He's anything about the bar business. Well, you're right, I don't. But I do know good bourbon from Texas, and Garrison Brothers is, is just fabulous. And Dan Garrison and uh, Donis Todd, who is the master distiller, Incredible, incredible people. We we came up with uh, a lot of theme drinks. We're next to the courthouse, so we actually have a courthouse docket here. Okay, okay. Of, of theme drinks, but but you'll find Garrison Brothers as a as a staple in uh, everything that we do, and uh, we've we've we love our relationship we've made with them for the last five years. We've been fortunate to have Dan Garrison come up here 
uh, a couple times to our bar. And we we're fortunate to have Donis, who's the master distiller, come every year for our anniversary and, uh, and do a tasting with everybody and, and talk about uh, how, much, uh, how much people like his bourbon and what he does to get it in the bottle. Now, sitting in front of you right here is actually a bottle that you can only get at Z's. So we have a, they have a program where you can buy your own. You can, you, they have a barrel barn and you can go and pick a barrel of bourbon. You can actually try a couple before you pick and you pick the barrel of bourbon and you bottle it yourself. It's They still bottle by hand. It's awesome. It's a hand bottled. It is a, it is a the fabulous wax. thing. The wax, you, you, wax, you do yeah. it yourself. We, we've been from A to Z. My wife, we've, we've done seven barrels and my wife, so Susanna, so everybody will wonder. Yeah. So her name is Susanna. I always called her Zanna. So the Z's at the curry okay. is for her. Ah. That's what it's her bar. So I got you. I told her I wanted something sexy. So we'll see if everybody thinks I, I was right. Z's at the curry. Now this is the old curry building that's been in Waco for a okay. hundred years. So uh, that's where Z's at the curry came from. So anyway. She, she bottles everyone, she puts everyone in the bottle. Then everybody makes the strive and, and does the rest of the deal. But she actually holds the bottle and all seven barrels, all the bottles, she put the, she's put it in there, so. I, I tell you what, somebody told me the other day that I needed to buy this. And they told me the same thing. They said, look, I know everybody talks about Kentucky bourbon. You need to try this Texas bourbon. Um, I bought a bottle. I'm gonna buy one for me before I leave because I want your name on it. And, and um, um, is this what's in here? So, so no, this is, okay. so this is, so what you have in front of you. wouldn't want to do this in a, in a old fashioned. Well, you could, it's a little, it's a little higher proof. That right. one you hold in your hands, 129 proof. I mean, you know, we actually have one coming on the way. And so by the time this is seen, it'll be here, but we just got through bottling a just shy, just a couple months shy of a 10 year old barrel of bourbon from Garrison Brothers that came in at 140 proof. Probably some of the best bourbon I've ever had. You would never know. So we gotta come back and try that So one. you need to come back yeah. and try that one. All right. And if everybody, everybody listen, that it is, it is one of the most fabulous barrels of bourbon I've ever tasted. Just incredible. When you hear 140, you go running for the hills. Yeah. No, 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 this is different. So what you have sitting in front of you is, uh, uh, Garrison Brothers wanted to have a, a high old fashioned uh, month with some of their bars making, you know, featuring their old fashioned. So we thought for that, we would make uh, a new old fashioned from, we, we have a regular great 1880s recipe old fashioned that everybody loves. But this one that my wife and Carrie, our uh, bartender came up with, it's called the High, H-Y-E. So High is where Garrison is located. In, in Fredericksburg, it's a, it's a little right. suburb of Fredericksburg. So it's called- Twine Country. Twine Country. So it's called the High End Old Fashioned. Okay. Gotcha. We, we are in the High End Z's, right? Yeah. So the High End Old Fashioned, and it's made with the Carrie's concoction of wine simple syrup. Wine so we capture, syrup. we capture the high bourbon, Garrison. We have lavender bitters, lavender from, from Fredericksburg, and we actually use Pedernales Red blend wine in the So service. this is really like a Texas old fashioned. It is a Texas old fashioned. Right? All right, let's do it. Let's try it. There you go. By the way, cheers. Cheers. That, it, oh. So good. I drink old fashions everywhere and it's just, I was like, 
I can mm. sit here and drink this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy drinking for sure. That's what you like. You like easy drinking. Listen, I, I'm not, and I'm not just saying this. It's probably one of the best old fashions I've had. I love it. It is absolutely smooth. It is not too sweet. It is not um, over aggressive. Just smooth. It's deliciously smooth. And you so. still and you still taste the bourbon. Oh yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's 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 bourbon. That's the great thing about a good old fashioned. You don't want to drown out the bourbon. No, no. And so Yeah, you don't want it to be a syrup. No. And you don't taste the bourbon. All you have is sugar. That's right. You know, you, you need to have the, the kick of the bourbon. A true bourbon guy that wants to go in and have an old fashioned, you hate it when they bring you one and all you taste is the is the simple syrup and the you yeah. know you, you, you want to taste you want I to taste. I notice you don't have a cherry in this. Nope. Yeah. And it, I'm telling you, it tastes great. It, it, we let the flavors on this one, like I said, my wife and, and, and our bartender, they, they, they came up with it and, and the, they just lets the flavors fly. So you, they just come to the bar and start playing around with things? Oh yeah. That's, I need, I need that's to a, buy a bar. It's the greatest thing about owning a bar. bar. So I just come <laughs> and play around with, you know, what am I gonna do? What's my drink? <laughs> who would have who thought a car guy in a bar? Yeah, no, <laughs> of course. But it's worked. Absolutely. It's worked. Absolutely. How long have you been at the bar? Since December of 2018. And survived COVID. Survived COVID. That, you know what? That's a that's a big big thing for us because you know so many. I felt so bad for so many small businesses that we watched fold uh, during COVID, and uh, we were fortunate to uh, to be able to make it through. Even through we we had four months of shutdown. Obviously. Uh, COVID picked on the bars, you know, because they thought they thought that COVID uh, only liked bars. Only liked alcohol. That's right. So they would only come in where <laughs> the alcohol. We needed was. alcohol to kill the COVID. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, uh, this time around, if they try that again, I'm a, I'm gonna be your safe space. Yeah. Listen, I don't. <laughs> at least in Texas, I don't see that. I don't either. But I, don't uh, see that uh, I noticed Governor Abbott uh, the other day came out with uh, no shutdowns no in Texas. Shutdowns. Yeah, don't, don't even, even start. Yeah, don't yeah. start. Don't, don't, don't even start. start. Well, Greg, we we appreciate you having us here, man. It's it's always good to see you. I love you. I appreciate everything you've done for me, and just thank you for being on the podcast. Well, I I appreciate you coming here and and hanging out in the bar for a while, and uh, you know our friendship has been long, and uh, will be even longer. I will. It will. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Thanks. Appreciate you. Thank you. So Garrison Brothers has uh, so many different bottles. Laguna Madre started out as a, as a bottle that you bought donating to charity. It was a different way that he made it. There wasn't a whole lot of this out there. And um, it's, it's one of their priciest, but one of their best, okay? One of my personal favorites, Guadalupe. Hmm. Fabulous, fabulous, 107 proof. But probably one of the one of the uh, is 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 depending on the bourbon every wax different. Yeah. So well. So Laguna Madre he he did the tan. Guadalupe got this. Now this one back here. The funny part of this. This is from our. So Dan was up here. Dan Garrison was up here one night. He's talking to us, and so we said, "Hey, tell us about Honeydew." Okay. This one's Honeydew. Obviously, that's where yeah. the yellow came from because. Honeydew was my wife, right? So the so your wife okay. has to come in there. Something she wanted him to make. Honeydew. Well, it's the 80 proof bourbon. He goes, this is my go-to when I get home every night because <laughs> I can just drink all I want. Right, right, right. So, right. And, uh, but I think everybody's Balmeray, just as if, if you're ever anywhere and you see Garrison Brothers and you, you just want a very smooth, very great 
bourbon, Balmeray, the one with the blue top. So what is your favorite drink? So my favorite bourbon up here? No, no, drink. Overall, drink. what is your favorite oh, drink? Oh, my favorite drink's an old-fashioned. Okay. I, 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 I either want an old-fashioned or I want to drink neat, a, a neat bourbon. bourbon. And yeah. so, okay, so we know the old-fashioned. We tried that. Right. So when you're going to go for the neat bourbon, what is Greg May's neat go-to bourbon? So my favorite up here, it's, it's always going to be Garrison. Okay. I love Garrison. It's always going to be Garrison. It's either going to be Balmeray or it's going to be Guadalupe. Those are, those are my two favorites. What's your favorite? What's your wife's favorite? Ooh, what's your favorite bourbon of these? Or which overall, one? Drink? Are you a wine or are you? Do you... I don't know. I like bourbon. She's a bourbon girl. I like wine too. Oh, uh, she's a bourbon girl. I would so. say. I don't know. I mean. You know we're filming. One of probably. <laughs> yeah. Now, yep. Yeah. So, so what she's saying too is so you know we talked about this, but look, we got. There's one so twenty nine. Well, probably the last barrel we just did. Yeah, so she likes the hundred and twenty nine proof Z's version. Okay. That, okay. That, she says that's her favorite. But if you look, you like it neat or old fashioned? I'll I'll, I'll drink it neat. Yeah. Okay. She's the neat girl. That's right. right. Oh yeah. So she's she's all on there. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny? You got to have a bourbon girl to drink I, straight no, up. That's like, now we're out because it sells so well. But they make one called Cowboy Bourbon. If you ever see it. You better buy it. Really? Yes. It's this year's Cowboy Bourbon is 137 proof. Gasoline. But it's good. Gasoline in a bottle, but so good. Okay. So so good. So, but you know, just your overall uh, Garrison Brothers. It's so funny that you're showing me this because I literally just heard about it this weekend. I said, people said you got to try. It. See, that's that's great. That's wonderful. So, uh, but anyway. You can tell we're big. We're big Garrison fans. Yeah, and and we love them. A well, you're making me a fan too. But as you go down and you look at the bar, you've got, uh, of course, you've got your uh, Japanese. If you've never had Japanese whiskey, whiskey, you, you, I, I don't think I have. Oh, Arnold, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to raise your game. Okay. So <laughs> I'm falling back. Hibiki, uh, Hakushi, Yamazaki, one of the best. One of the best right there. But we kind of line it well, up. Well, I've had what I feel that in China and Japan, I've had what I would call jet fuel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's more drinking. Okay. That's less jet fuel I, I mean, more drinking. They have given me some stuff that you're like, okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. What's your I, favorite cognac? Okay. Louis Trey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have one in my office. I'm I'm waiting to finish because you know she she Susanna's telling me I, I get the end. I'm, I'm the last drink because that's going in the that's going in the in the bar. Yeah. So that's going that's going home with me. You know it's funny people Blantons. Uh, I can tell you this and and I don't mind saying it on camera either. I'm like okay. I, I haven't figured out what everybody likes about Blantons. Well, I kind of like Blantons, but I might have been you know. In my bourbon uh, uh, events, I might have been brainwashed a little bit. I do need the P and I do need the T. Oh, I'm not going to help you with that. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not going to help you with that. Of course, you know, when you talk about old-fashioned. Woodford. Woodford. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if, if you're somewhere. It's a go-to old-fashioned. It's a go-to old-fashioned. I'm at a restaurant. Somebody asked me that. That's, that's my go-to. This also makes a pretty good old-fashioned. Well, Weller 12. Yeah. Weller 12. All of the Weller products. They're tough to get. Yeah. It's, it's a funny... The bar business is no different than the car business because so many of these bourbons are allocated. Yeah. 
You can't Hard just call up and go, Supply and we emptied this bottle. That's right. Okay, for the guys that are listening and thinking, I'm like, think about Old Forester birthday bourbon. Yeah. Think about... Um, so do you the, have Pappy all, here? We get one bottle each of Pappy's every December, and it leaves like that. That was yeah. my next, you know. Yeah. Pa- you can't just drink all your pappies and call up and go, mm. let me have another. No, no. 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 So can't car, do that. Car business, bar business, same thing. Okay, yeah, okay. Same thing. But we ease on down to the rise. So we, go, we, we can't just keys them that way. And then you got vodka and gin and tequila. What's your favorite tequila? You know, I kind of like the closets on I do. Um, do you know that story? Just no. So you know, I found out that story the other day. There's an episode coming out about tequila. Okay. He'll tell you. We It was crazy. So just like we're doing bourbon, this was tequila. So the guy that made this tequila um, wanted to remember his childhood home. Mm-hmm. So this this plaster, this clay, is made at a certain city in Mexico. So this stamp, I'm not too sure which one it is, if it's this one or that, but anyway, one of these stamps is that this clay comes from this town, and to be authentic, it must come from this town, oh, wow. number one. Number two, this is the leg to his to the kitchen table. Oh, now see, I didn't know, did you, did you know any of this? Yeah, that's the leg to the kitchen table, and this is the bell. the bell where they would ring to call the servants or to get a another drink. Well, I can't do it now, but there you go. that's the story of this. So I'm you'll see that episode coming out. It's incredible. I'm gonna have to now. You taught me something about the bar business. <laughs> I'm the one that has the bar, right? But that's great because that is smooth. After that, I probably would do the um, what's the one in a square bottle with the with the with the shoehorn. Um, Eradura? I don't know because I've never had that. Have you heard of Eradura? Yes. It's that, my favorite tequila, but I can never pronounce it, so I never order it. Yeah, Eradura. <laughs> that, that would be after this, it's probably my favorite. Have you ever had Michael Jordan's tequila? No. Sincoro? So this is Michael Jordan's part of the ownership team in the Sincoro. So you see this bottle? So th- these people came and did a tasting here at Z's. We always love tastings and, and doing things that teach people different things. But so the, they, they kind of, the story is they kind of fashioned it after a cool looking trophy type, you know. But if you lay, we've got two bottles, we've sold out a lot. But so the deal is if you lay these bottles next to each other, all the way around and it fits the perfect circle in the middle of the basketball court. No kidding. Yeah, it's the exact circumference. See, those are the, like this. Uh-huh. It's the little stories that nobody really knows because somebody put thought into this. But the, the, so if you ever go and see Sincora in a bar, you'll see the you'll see the three clear ones. This one is the this is the it's the high end. It's a if you gotta ask, you probably don't want to know how much. Know if I try. <laughs> how much is, is a shot of that? This is let's it. go to the other one. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But this is this is his go-to. This is his favorite. But um, and uh, but anyway, that's, yes. That's so, good. so the story of the of the of the bottles that make the circumference circle in the middle of the ice cream. Wow, I did not know that. When you lay them all down together. That's so, great. That's cool. great. Well, we got to ask the bartender what her favorite drink is. Straight whiskey. Straight whiskey. Uh, e. H. Taylor or can't go wrong with Garrison's Balmerang. Okay. Yep. Straight whiskey. I love this town. This bourbon and whiskey, and maybe a little tequila. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we we get our tequila shooters. 
Thanks, Greg. So, Greg, what is what is the story with this bar? So, when when we when we opened the bar, she was intent on having a old, real bar to be in the building, right? So she started searching all over, and she found this bar online, antique deal. Starts going through the story. It's this whole thing. The whole thing. Now, one thing that I've learned from antique bars. It's impossible. You can find a lot of back bars, but the front bar, not only is it impossible to find one, it's near impossible to find one that matches the back bar. Like they go together as a pair. These are a pair. So this bar was built in 1911 by Brunswick, you know, the, yeah. the pool table building, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So from 1880 to 1920, they built bars and they put them in a catalog. You can just open the catalog and order it out of the catalog. Right? A, a huge bar. A huge bar. Right. So this huge bar, by the way, is I guess in, to go with the pool table. I don't know. Oh yeah. So, so this huge bar is in 16 pieces. So we're standing here, looking at the bar. Think of this thing in 16 pieces laying on the floor. As I have three carpenters up here, putting it back together, mind you, with no nuts, bolts, nails. It is a puzzle, a freestanding puzzle. And that piece right there weighs a ton. No kidding. So. But, so the story goes, this bar was only ever in one place before it came to Z's. So um, in uh, Oregon, in Butte Falls, Oregon, 1911, they shipped, this is called the Princess. They shipped four of these to Oregon from South America. So the flame birch, as you see the wood, flame birch, mm -hmm. uh, came from South America. They went to four different places. This one went to Butte Falls. It was a logging town, 300 people in an old saloon. It moved from one old saloon across the main street to another one when they moved the spot and stayed there until uh, a lady, the last lady that owned it was not doing so well. And the antique dealer that, that Susanna found uh, went to her and said, hey, I'll buy your bar. She goes, no, you don't understand. If this bar leaves this town, I'll be, I'm, I'll be in big trouble. Well, she finally got to the point that she needed to and said, well, you got to come get it in the middle of the night. It's the only way. Well, sure enough. No kidding. He comes and gets the bar in the middle of the night. Okay. This, leaves, is, this is like a cowboy story. Leaves with you know, the, the horses in the wagon showed up in the middle of the night, so load up the saloon. Leaves. The next day, the whole town's going, what happened? Where to go? Where to go? Well, quickly to tell you what happened. So we, once we got the bar up here, we wanted to go see Butte Falls. We wanted to go see where the bar originally was. So we jumped on our motorhome, we took a trip through Oregon, and we ended up in Butte Falls. We pull up in town, we start walking, we get out of our motorhome, start walking through the little town square. And this lady at the library says, can we help you? We said, well, we're just, we're, uh, we're from Texas, and we bought a bar that came from here. And she goes, you have the bar. <laughs> Do you have a picture? So I took my phone out, showed the picture. Oh, I got to take you down the street. To, I can't remember what his name was. I got to take you down the street. So she walks us down the street to this guy's house. We're knocking on the door and the guy comes and he goes, and she goes, these people have the bar. And he goes, you have the bar. <laughs> Do you have a picture? And so sure enough, we, before it's over, the whole town knows we're there. The whole town has seen the bar. We're the big new attraction in the deal. They're all following our Facebook page. They're putting on the, they've gone to our Facebook page and started saying, Oh, I remember when I set the bar when I was in the eighth grade. I remember the stories of this and this and just started down. It was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. What a great story. But it was really cool. But the only thing that the antique dealer did was uh, he just refurbed the, 
it was black from the years of smoke mm -hmm. and he just refurbed it back to its original look yeah it's it's, it's beautiful man I'll, I'll tell you what I'm trying to think as I'm as I'm hearing you, you you probably should get this on a video do a QR code and put it on the bar and say something like if you want to know about the bar click here and you give him that explanation because that's amazing yeah, that's, oh, that's, so we'll give you that link because that's that's amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a fabulous. Thing. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for listening to Wheels, Deals, and Meals, your main source for all things good and fun, business, food, and cars. If you like this episode, make sure to rate us and subscribe. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please leave a message at the link below. Till next time, happy eating.